some various ideas, and yet really there is much misunderstanding and confusion about that. So today what we want to do is try to bring some clarity to this and to help us to understand what God is seeking to do in our lives. You know, one of the keys to success in life is to work with God, not against Him. When when we're working with God, then man, things are gonna things are gonna go the right direction. Even when you're in the midst of trials, you have God there helping you in the midst of those. But when we go against God or work against Him, that is a that is a losing proposition every time. So in understanding the process of Christ-likeness. And really, sanctification is the process that God is using in our life to make us more like Christ. And uh, we want to get in and um, answer basic questions about this. Who, what, why, when, where, how, and so on, okay? About the sanctification process. First of all, what is sanctification? It is the process, as we said, that God's Spirit is working in our life to make us like Christ. The word sanctification means literally to, to set apart, to um, set apart for a specific purpose. As I was thinking about this, how to illustrate this, um, there are times... When, let's just say, your mower does not run. So you load it on a trailer or in the back of your truck and you haul it out to Johnston Repair and you say, this piece of junk won't run, can you fix it? And he sets it there and it's set apart for this purpose. It is there in order to get fixed. All right? All those mowers out there, if they had voices, what's this guy going to do? Well, he's going to fix you. That's what he's going to do, you know. He's going to try to make us run. There's also some that he says, this thing shot completely. It is then set apart for the trash heap, okay? But every mower out there waiting in their shed, it's set apart for the purpose of making it run. Every believer is set apart for the Spirit of God to do a work in your life and my life to make us like Christ. To that, that's His God-given purpose. Sanctification, um, the purpose of this is that, that we would represent Christ. So we ask, who? Who is this for? It is for every believer. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> this isn't something that is for, oh, you want to be a, a high echelon, um, really, really serious Christian, then, boy, you need to follow this pattern. No, this is predetermined by God. And in Romans chapter 8, and verse 28, a familiar verse, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. 
For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Notice, to those that God foreknew, he predetermined that they would be shaped into God, Christ's image. He predetermined that they should be conformed to the image of his Son. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 tells us that this is a work of the Spirit, and every believer has God's Spirit dwelling within him. Romans 8 and verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now notice the next phrase. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The moment you trusted Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, the Spirit of God took up permanent residence in your life. He is there to guide us into truth. He is there to teach us right and wrong. He is there to give us power to do what is right. And every believer has the Spirit of God dwelling within him. And as a result, the Spirit has already predetermined that His job in our life is to mold us and shape us to be like Christ. So the Spirit of God says, ah, that, that attitude, that isn't like Christ. We need to change that. This habit that you have isn't like Christ. Um, we need to change that. Ah, this, yes, that is a great thought. That is like Christ. We need to feed that. We need to develop more of it. The Spirit of God works in our heart. And in every believer, it's the same goal that the Spirit of God has. He wants to get rid of anything that doesn't look like Christ and add in our life anything that does look like Christ. And that's, that, that's his purpose. So we say, okay, what, why? Why is this so important? It is important that as believers we are representative of, of Christ and God desires that we should show forth the greatness of God that we should show forth his praises. When I am claim to be a follower of Christ and I have a temper and, and I'm self-centered, it doesn't show forth the goodness of God. But when I am a believer and I'm allowing the Spirit of God to control me and in a, I get in a situation that normally would cause me to be angry or or um, filled with um, foul language or whatever. And I say, no, that isn't what God would want me to do. The Spirit of God is saying, no, no, keep your mouth shut. Don't say that. Then I'm showing the praises of God. Wow, look at God took, I know him. And he used to act this way. And now look how he's acting. They said that about Peter and John. They said of Peter and John, uh, we know them. They are unlearned and ignorant men. But look at them now. Wow. <clears throat> the wisdom with which they are speaking. This is amazing. 
they were showing forth the praises of God. And the purpose of this process, and it is a process, it is a, it's not a one-time event, it is a process, is to show forth the praises of him, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, to show forth the praises of him that has called us from darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We are representatives of Christ. And you know what? Most people that you are around and know, most people, whether they're Christians or unchristians, non-Christians, most people know that we, as that claim to be Christians, are representatives of Christ. And they know what a Christian ought to be. And what do you often hear them say? Well, I, I know so-and-so, and he claims to be a Christian, and he's a lazy good-for-nothing at work. Or I know him, and he claims to be a Christian, and, and they're nothing but a hypocrite. Does that show forth the praises of God? Absolutely not. But when we allow the Spirit to direct us, and the Spirit is working in our lives, are we perfect? Absolutely not. And the reason we're here at church today is to be challenged. God, help me. I want to walk in your spirit. I want to, I want to represent you in a good manner. And as we do and we grow to reflect the nature and the character of Christ, we show forth the praises of God. And that's why God begins this process. He says, I want representatives of mine Wherever you're at. So he sends you to the school. He sends you to Hy-Vee. He sends you to Des Moines to work. He sends you in your neighborhood. All over, he says, I want, this world desperately needs some good news. And, and I'm sending you out there. But you have to obey the Spirit. So what? It's a process to make us like Christ. Who? For every believer. Why? To show forth the glory of God. When and where? Always and everywhere. In all the events of life. I've, I've said this years ago. I came to realize um, there is nothing more practical than the Christian life. God applies to every detail of life, whether you're, you're fixing something at home or on the job or doing business with someone or raising a family, whatever it is, it applies in every area of life. And God's Spirit is directing us in every area of life and everywhere you go. He's, he wants to do this work, this process. See, salvation, when you trust Christ for the forgiveness of sins, salvation is the birth. The sanctification is the growth. All right? We, um, we understand that birth, you have a, a one day that this is your birthday. But you don't have one day of growth. Growth is continual. 
And and spiritually speaking, <clears throat> it is a one-time event when we turn from our sin to Jesus Christ. We become a child of God. But then we need to keep growing. Salvation is one act of faith. Growth is continual acts of faith. So the Spirit of God prompts me to to say something to encourage him. And, and I have to either say, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Do I believe what the Spirit's directing me to do? Okay, so he told me to say something, encourage him, so I say something. That's a step of faith, obeying. And next thing, it might be keep your mouth shut. I know you're upset, but keep your mouth shut. You don't need to... And it's a step of faith. Am I going to obey the Spirit of God when he told me to keep my mouth shut? It's a step of faith. Am I going to get up in the morning and read my Bible? The Spirit of God says, boy, you, you need me. Or do I just get up and run into the day? Well, I just don't have time. It, it comes down, it's every detail of life. And, and all these things that come into your life, and some things you ask, why is God doing this? Well, I know an answer to it, no matter what it is. If you're a believer, he's, he's allowing it to make you more like Christ. There may be more specific things, but you can rest on this. God has allowed this to come into my life to make me more like Jesus Christ. He wants me to grow. He wants me to, to, to grow and progress in this, in this aspect. So, I embrace the trials. I embrace the weakness. We are to embrace the limits. In life, there come limits that we're not able to do certain things. Maybe it's limited because of finances or opportunity or health or whatever. And we say, God, what, are you, what do you want to teach me through this? How can you use me through this? So we say, okay, how do I, how do I cooperate with the Spirit? Number one... <clears throat> Of the how, it must be with the Word of God. If you neglect the Bible, <clears throat> you won't grow. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify or set them apart through thy Word. Thy Word is truth. It must begin with exposing yourselves to the Word of God. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to speak to us. So it, it begins with that. Then it must be through the Spirit. God, I need your Spirit to give me direction. I need your Spirit to lead me. Lord, help me to be sensitive to your Spirit's leading. God, help me to know your will. God, give me wisdom. It must be with the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. But as I read the Bible and the Spirit of God shows me something that I need to do, a soft answer turns away wrath. So you think, okay, 
I, I just read today, a soft answer turns away wrath. So you go to work and you're into a situation and the Spirit of God reminds you, a soft answer turns away wrath. You got the first two parts of growth in place, but the third one is you must obey it. It's not enough to be convicted. We must obey it. It's not enough to say, wow, the Spirit showed me what I ought to do. Well, if you don't do it, it's not going to help. It must bring us to the point of obedience. We don't have the time to go into it today, but um, throughout the Scripture it says to, to be doers of the Word and those that heard the Word and obeyed it. Now, the reality is that many times we don't obey. And that's where the fourth thing, not only with the Word, through the Spirit, by obedience, but then it comes down to in confession. When we know that we did not do what the Spirit told us to do, or we did something that the Spirit told us not to do, and we all have those times in our life, then we need to come back and say, claim the promise of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it is often through this growth process of falling down, that we confess our sin, that we get up, and in that process, God uses it to cause us to be more like Christ. In that process, God is teaching us and developing and growing us. But if we say, I can't do it and forget it and I'm not strong enough, you're right, we're not strong enough. But but through God, he, though I fall, the psalmist said, the Lord upholds me with, my, with his right hand. And we grow in that process. The point is, one, are you a believer? Two, if you are, are you growing? That's the point. Are you growing like God wants you to grow? If you're not growing, you're not just staying the same, you're really, you're really going back. You're really degenerating, so to speak. So it, it's important for us to understand this, that, that this aspect of, of being set apart for God, the Spirit of God wants to work in our hearts, and He, he he loves to do it. It's not like, wow, they're really favored and, and the Spirit of God is working in their hearts. And no, he's not favored. And so he, no, as a believer, he wants to work in our hearts. If he finds us willing to get into the Word, willing to submit to the Spirit, to obedience, and then willing to confess and get up and walk on again. This is the ministry of the Spirit. It's a process. It, and it isn't like, God give me some special gift, 
and I just immediately grow a whole bunch, and then I level off, and then something else, and I immediately grow a whole bunch, and then... No. Sometimes our kids look like they grow like a weed, but they don't go from being two feet four to four feet six overnight. They don't wake up the next morning and you say, oh my goodness, you grew a foot and a half last night. It doesn't happen. And spiritually, we sometimes get the idea, man, if God would just zap me, wow, I'd have it all together. No, you grow through daily in the Word, walking in the Spirit, obeying, getting down, getting up, confessing, drawing near to the Lord. It's the process. So that then... We're more like Christ in our marriage. We're more like Christ in our family. We're more like Christ at work. We're more like Christ in our neighborhood. And you know what? That will make a difference in our marriage, in our home, in our work, in our neighborhood. If we would be representatives of Christ. Sanctification. It's it's not some religious hoity-toity stuff that's out there that, well, I don't know about it. And if anybody tells you they are sanctified to the point they never sin again, they just sin because they lied, okay? That comes in eternity. We then will be set free from the presence of sin. But right now, you're either here And you need to trust Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Or you have already trusted Christ and now God is working in your life. He's wanting you to grow. He's wanting you to grow. And as long as you have breath, he wants you to grow. I don't care if you're 99 years old. He wants you to grow. And whatever situation, he wants you to grow. And someday to be absent from the body is to be present with the Spirit then we are freed from the presence of sin and we have full glorification in Christ. But until that day, Lord, help me to grow. Heavenly Father, I pray today that in these few moments together that you would encourage hearts. First of all, I pray for believers. Lord, I pray that we would be committed to this process of being formed to your image and that we would be drawn to your word, that we would be sensitive to your Spirit's leading, that we would take steps of obedience, and, Lord, that we would confess our sin and see it as you do and rest in the promise that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Lord, most importantly, I pray if there's any here today that have never called upon you for the forgiveness of sins, Lord, I pray today that you would encourage them and draw them to you and that they would call upon you to receive the gift of eternal life. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness in not only calling us, empowering us, but then giving us your spirit to be shaped 
and molded to the image of your Son. Lord, may you find in us moldable clay. May we be submissive to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.